Before I get into the preaching of the word this morning, I felt like God gave me a couple of songs that he wants us to sing. One is called God is Good All the Time. The other one is called Peace, Peace, Wonderful Peace. Yeah. I think y'all might know at least that last one, but maybe you'll know the first one as well. It goes like this. God is good all the time. He put this song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good all the time. Through the darkest night, His light will shine. God is good. God is good all the time. God is good all the time. He put this song of praise in this heart of mine. God is good all the time. Through the darkest night, His light will shine. God is good. 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 God is good all the time. You know, there's sometimes maybe we don't think that's a true statement, but it is. Because God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. You know, even in our most difficult and trying times of life, God is still good. Because it could be worse than what it is at any time. Even when you don't think necessarily that it could be. Like with Brother Lawrence right now, I don't believe he thinks anything could be worse than what he's having to deal with and face right now. But you know what? God is faithful. He's right yes, there with him is. in all this. He's going to lift him up. He's going to encourage him. He's going to bless him. He's going to bless Sister Karen. He's going to bless her with healing. And I believe that with every fiber of my being. I believe we're going to see a miracle take place. And that she's going to be, a li- as he says uh, about her, she's going to be a living, walking testimony. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Peace, peace, wonderful peace. Peace, 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 wonderful. 
Does anybody want to give a good word of testimony to the Lord before I get into preaching? Anybody else? All right. Just let me say that I praise God for the fact that he saved me. Because if you had known me before I got saved, you would have said, Nay, no way in the world that guy's ever going to get saved. Much less be in the ministry. But you know what? God had other ideas. And he saved me back in 1985 over the weekend of Labor Day. And anyways, he, he uh, in August, at the end of August, the, about before it turned into September for Labor Day, God saved me, and he, did, he has done a marvelous and mighty work in my life. And, that's, and then within a few months after I got saved, I felt God calling me into the ministry. I told him to say that I want you to pastor here. So I said, okay, Lord. So, and I was 27 when all this took place. And I had been arrested four different times on four different occasions for four different things. Actually, two of them were the same thing. But anyways, God knew what he was doing when he got a hold of me. Matter of fact, when I went to apply for my credentials for the ordination, we had to write out a, a paper showing how we got saved. And after I got through with mine, I handed it to the presbyter, and he said, Man, God really did save you, didn't he? And I said, Yep, he sure did. So you see, God can use anybody. He can save anybody. He, it doesn't matter how bad a person is. Matter of fact, I've heard of a guy that used to be a hitman for the mafia who got saved when he was in prison. So you see, God can take your heart in life and do what he wants to with you. But we've got to do what we said in that song we just sang called, I Surrender All. We've got to give it all to him. Amen. 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 At this time, if you have your Bible with you, I invite you to turn with me to the book of 1 Thessalonians, chapter number 4. This is often read at cemeteries when they're doing an interment, just to encourage the family. But this is something God showed me to preach on today. I actually tried to get God to give me something different, but you know what? He said, nope. So, this is what we're going to be doing, speaking on today. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And once you find it, if you would, stand as we honor God at the reading of his word today. Beginning with verse number 13. It says, But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means perceive those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Father, we thank you today 
for your Holy Spirit's presence in this place. Move in our hearts and lives. God, show us if there's any errant way within us, any way that needs to be corrected, any way that would keep us out of heaven. We pray, dear God, that we do know that our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life because your word says, Father, that those whose name is not found in the Book of Life will be cast into the lake of eternal fire. So, Father, we thank you today, God, for having your way in our midst. We thank you, dear God, for touching hearts and lives and changing us into who you desire us to be. And we ask all these blessings in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Today's message is entitled, Ready or Not, Here He Comes. Because He is. He's coming again, folks. Whether you believe it or not, that's still going to happen. You know, I was about six years old when I, I believe that I started remembering people telling me that Jesus was going to come soon. Well, I was expecting it just about any time, you know. And then the years went by and still hadn't come, and so... I just thought to myself, well, he's going to come eventually, though. And I uh, I tried to keep myself ready. And there was a time for about 12 years that I wasn't ready for God to come back, for Jesus to come back. And I'm glad he didn't at that time. But anyway, because I would have been left behind. And the rapture would have taken place, and I would have been left behind in the tribulation or something I would have had to have gone through. And. So I'm glad that he didn't come when I wasn't ready for him. But then I got ready. And I was 27 years old when God saved me and I got my heart right with the Lord Jesus. And I've been with him ever since. I'm 64 now. So I've been serving the Lord for 37 years at least. And so anyways, uh, my point being is this, that even though it's been since 6 to 64, 58 years since I first remember hearing that Jesus was coming soon, he still hasn't come. But that doesn't mean he's not going to. Because you have to remember something here, folks. In, in, in light of eternity, now eternity means forever. In other words, once you take your last breath, you're most likely going to stand before God for the day of judgment. And when you do, you've got to be ready to say to him, I knew Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And he has to know that you do and that you've made that decision for Jesus. And he's going to say to you, well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter in to the joy of the Lord. Or, if you don't know Jesus as Savior and Lord, he's going to say this. He's going to say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want to hear those words. I want to hear that first option. Welcome. Yes. I'm, I'm looking forward to the day that he says, come on in. Welcome into the joy of the Lord. You know, I want to be made sure that my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Because the book of Revelation, I think it's around chapter 20 or 21, around verse number 5, it says, if my name is not written in the Lamb's Book of Life, I'm going to spend eternity in the lake of fire for all eternity. And I don't want that to happen. So I, and I know you don't either. So we need to be sure that we're ready. Because it may be, it could be another thousand years before Jesus comes. But I don't think so. 
And I'm going to show you proof of why I don't think so in just a moment. But what I'm trying to get at is this, is that it's going to happen. It's a certainty. That word certainty means that it's going to take place. And so we've got to be ready when that trumpet blows, when that archangel sounds. Did you know that in the old, in the New Testament, when Jesus was living among the people, that what they would do is that there would be a trumpet blast, there would be uh, all kinds of shouting and acclamations going on about a visiting monarch coming into the city and who was going to take up residence and live there. And so what we need to be doing is getting ready for that same event taking place with Jesus Christ. Because it's going to happen. And I pray that you're ready. I pray that you know that your name is written in the land of life. At the end of this service, I'm going to give an altar call to those here and also those that are watching by Facebook. And you can accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior today. You don't have to put it off any longer. All you have to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that the Lord Jesus Christ is Lord. And the Bible says you will be saved. You know, we make salvation more difficult than it needs to be. We try to start putting all these rules and regulations attached to it. That's not what God did. God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins so that we could have eternal life in and through him. And so I'm encouraging you today to make that decision if you haven't already done so. Make it today. Don't put it off any longer. You know, I've heard of some people that want to they're feeling such conviction as they're hearing the word of God preached that they grab back of the chair or the pew that's in front of them trying to hold on so they don't get up and go up there to the front. But you know what? You need to release it. You need to let go and let God. I've preached a message by that title before called Let Go and Let God. God wants to save you. He wants to give you eternal life. He wants you to make sure that your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life so that you don't spend your eternity away from God. So I would encourage you today to make sure that that has, been, has taken place in your life. And don't put it off any longer. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. It didn't say tomorrow. My wife sings a song on occasion called tomorrow. In other words... Why put it off till tomorrow? There's an old expression that says, why put it off till tomorrow when you can do it today? You need to be sure that you're going to make sure that heaven is your home. So I would encourage you to make sure that your name is in the Lamb's Book of Life today. I want us to turn in the book of Matthew, chapter 24. I'm so used to coming up here on the platform. Get that I move myself. I like being closer to the people. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 24, beginning with verse number 3. It says, Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will those things be, these things be, and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, who saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. 
you know, I want to stop there. I'm going to read more here in a minute, but I want to stop there and say this. This ties in to that title in that pamphlet I was talking about, saying all roads lead to heaven. All roads don't lead to heaven. You can't fall into that deception. You can't believe that lie. You've got to know that it's through Christ and Him alone that you're going to stand before God eternally saved. And so, don't be deceived by these different things that's going to happen in these last days. Well, believe it or not, we are in the last days, folks. And we have been for quite a while. But the point I'm trying to get across is this. That God is not slack concerning His promise. He will come again. And He's going to bring judgment upon those who don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior. And they're going to get left behind during the time of the rapture. But those who know Christ as Lord and Savior... Whether they have been, they knew him before they died, maybe they're already in heaven now. Because the Bible says to be absent from the Lord, I mean the body is to be present with Christ. And so, anyways, we need to understand that maybe they're already there, just waiting for you to get there. They're waiting to make sure that you're ready. You know, my mom started praying one time for me before I came to know Jesus. And she'd say, now, Lord, don't let this happen. Don't let that happen. And then, you know what? She changed her tune. She started praying a different prayer. She said, Lord, whatever it takes. And as soon as she did, it's not long, much longer after that that I came to Jesus. And it was those very things that she said don't let happen that had to happen to me in order for me to come to know Christ as Lord and Savior. I had to get arrested four different times. You would have thought I'd have learned my lesson the first time. But no, I'm a slow learner, apparently. Anyways, I got arrested a second time, and a third time, and a fourth time. But praise God, I never spent more than 24 hours in a cell down at Lusteria Jail System. They were just processing me through, making sure I wasn't wanted anywhere, any, anywhere else for anything. And so anyways... God was good to me in all times that I was arrested. But you know what I'm trying to say is this, is that it took those things to happen in order for me to come to know Jesus as Lord and Savior. When I found out that my mom had changed her tune in prayer, and I said, do you realize by saying whatever it takes, God, that you could have died, Dad could have died, but my brother Bud could have died? And she said, yeah. But I knew everybody was ready but you. So, anyways, here I am, saved, ordained, serving the Lord for a long, long, long time, more than half my life. And, you know, that's what we've got to make sure of, folks. Because there are, there is coming a day, should Jesus continue to tarry, there is coming a day that we're all going to taste death. Yes. That every single one of us is going to finally take our last breath on planet Earth. And then we're going to stand before God, though. The Bible says it is appointed a man once to die, and after this, the judgment. You know, in golf, there's something called mowing. In other words, I go out there, and I hit a ball off the tee box, and I don't like it. Well, I can call a mowing. But just one, one per nine holes. Anyways, so I hit another ball. But in life, you're going to die... And whenever you do, most likely you're not going to come back. 
And if you don't come back, chances are you're going to stand before God. Well, you will stand before God at that point, and you will have to give an account of what you've done and what you've said and everything else. And God is going to just judge you based on those things. And if but but the good news, the great news, praise God, is that if I have accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and I'm living my life for Him from the moment that I do until the day that I die. Then all of a sudden, he's going to say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Welcome in to the house, to the joy of the Lord. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to that, if that's the way God decides to take me. I just don't want to end up knowing ahead of time I'm going to die. In other words, it's like this movie I saw called Fireproof. I'll give you a little preview of that since we'll be showing it on the March 24th and 25th here at our church at 6 o'clock. If anybody in the community would like to come, you're more than welcome to do so. Matter of fact, we're doing it as a community-wide event. So if you would, please make mark that on your calendar, March 24th to 25th, or both days. And it's at 6 o'clock. And it's a two-hour movie, so we'll be letting you out in time for there to still be some daylight left. But anyways, my point is, uh, in all this is that this guy, he's having to deal with this dangerous situation as a firefighter. And he gets this this car, and he, him and his buddies and all these other people standing around. Anyway, they move this car off the railroad tracks because there's a railroad car, I mean, a train coming. So he finally gets, gives it one last push, and he gets it off just in time. And all of a sudden, here comes this train whizzing by, and he, he's standing straight up, and he knocks his hat off. And he hollers out, and of course, whenever the all, all is said and done, they get back to the firehouse, and one of the other firemen asks him, says, are you ready to die? And he says, yeah, but I just don't want to do it because I got hit by a train. You see, what I'm saying is, I don't want to know that it's coming if I do die. I just want to know that I've made sure that my heart's right with God. And, that, and that's through Christ Jesus, accepting him as my Lord and Savior, which I've done. So I would encourage you to do the same thing today. I keep saying that, and it's, I'm hoping it's because God's leading me to say that, because somebody's going to finally catch on to it and realize that there may come a time when you're going to stand before God on the judgment day through death. And if you do, you've got to be ready. You've got to make sure you know Jesus as Lord and Savior. So that being said, we're going to move on to the next portion of the scripture here. In Mark and Matthew chapter 24, verse 6. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. You know, I don't think if anyone here or on Facebook Live or anywhere in this city or anywhere in this nation can turn on the news today without hearing about something that I just got through reading. I really don't. I would challenge you to find a station that's not reporting something of these natures here. Pestilences or famines or wars and rumors of war. Whatever the case might be, there are things such as this taking place in our time today. 
These earthquakes are beginning to take more and more frequently. They're beginning to happen, folks. And the Bible says in the next verse that this is the beginning of sorrows. In other words, this is about the time you've got to know that I'm about to come. You've got to know that I'm soon going to be on the scene because all of these things are going to have to happen before I come. And I'm going to read a few more verses here in a second, but I want to drive this point home to you that we've got to be ready. We've got to know Jesus as Lord and Savior of our life. Well, there, there's no other way about it. And it's only through Christ that you can be saved. It's not all roads that lead to heaven. It's only the way through Jesus. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one will come unto the Father. No one except by me. In other words, we've got to be sure that our faith and trust is in Him and not in our works of goodness. That's talking about that other pamphlet I showed you a minute ago called, Do Good People Go to Heaven? Not unless they know Jesus is Savior. There's a lot of moral people that are doing the right kind of things, but they never put their faith and trust in Jesus who are in hell today. So I would encourage you to make sure that you're not trusting in your own ability or own merit or own anything. Because you're not going to get there if you are. And then it says in the next verse, number 9, Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. That word endure means to hold one's ground in conflict. In other words, you don't let anything budge you. Bear up against adversity. Because there's going to be adverse circumstances that's taking place in this life. And that we've got to stand up against those things. We've got to bear up against those things. And we've got to hold out under stress. And stand firm and persevere under pressure. We gotta wait calmly and courageously. These are the things that endure me. So we've got to be sure that we're ready to stand our ground, to stand our uh, position in Christ Jesus, and not let anything sway us or deter us, not let anything move us aside from the Lord Jesus Christ. We've got to be serving him. In the way that we need to be doing this. And then in verse number 14. And then this is still. The end shall. Those who endure to the end shall be saved. But it's not the end just yet. In verse 14 it says. And this gospel of the kingdom. Will be preached in all the world. As a witness to all the nations. And then. The end will come. You know. There's so many missionaries on the mission field today. I don't know exactly how many there are. And it's not all Assembly of God ministers. It's, there's Baptist missionaries. There's Methodist missionaries. There's Episcopalian missionaries. There's all these different denominations that's got missionaries on the mission field. And as long as they're preaching Christ and Him crucified, people's lives will be touched and changed for the glory of God. And you know what? 
we got to understand that when that last person is told about it, that's when it's time for Jesus to come. And you don't get a second chance. You don't get a motive when it comes to God. You've got to be sure that you're ready now. And so I would encourage you to be sure that your life is right with God. You know, these are just certain things taking place that we all know that if I pick up a newspaper or turn on a news channel, I'm going to hear about these things taking place in all these different parts of the world. But you know what? There's one other passage, one last passage God's directing me to use to drive this point home without being ready for Jesus to come. And it's in 2 Timothy chapter 3. Beginning with verse number one. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. That word perilous means times of stress. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying its power, and from such people turn away. You know, people can tell you that they're a Christian. We just got through reading a whole long list of people's lives that are not going to be saved. Because none of those things can be happening in a person's life on a daily basis and expect to make it to heaven. We've got to be sure that our lives are nothing like this that we just got through reading. Because there are going to be stressful times in life. But you've got to trust God above all things. You've got to lean on Him in those difficult times of life. You've got to ask him to give you the strength and the encouragement and the courage to continue on and to walk with God and to live your life for God in the most difficult times of your life. You've got to show who's, who you belong to. Who is your father? Is it, is it the devil or is it God? Because let me tell you something, folks. If you didn't know, I think I said this before, but I'll say it again for emphasis. If you had known me before I got saved, you would have said, there ain't no way in the world that guy's ever going to get saved. My father at that time of life was the devil. You know what? Before you come to know Christ as Lord and Savior, that's the same case with any and all of us. That Jesus is not the Lord of our life, and so therefore, God is not our Heavenly Father. But, we, we decide whose we belong to by the way we live our life by accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior. So whenever that happens, our lives begin to change. And you may not change by leaps and bounds. You may change little by little. You know, but your life will change, though, 
If you know Jesus is Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit has come inside of you, and he's beginning to make some changes in your life. He begins to get away, get out that old stuff, the things you used to do before you knew Jesus as Lord and Savior. He begins to move those things out, and he begins to move in love and joy and peace and kindness and faithfulness and all the fruit of the Spirit, and it begins to live inside of you and work inside of you. And all of a sudden, your life is different than what it used to be. And like I said, the only things that God ever took me away from me at the very beginning when I got saved was two things, drugs and alcohol. I didn't want any, either one anymore. But you know what? Eventually, God was able to get the rest of those things away. I used to cuss so bad. I told people, and still do today in my testimony, that I would have made Satan blush. I mean, I was a bad man. I didn't even have to be mad. I just That's the way I talked. And if you didn't like it, you didn't have to be around me. That was the way I felt. But you know what? God even changed that part of me. God can do anything and everything that needs to be done in your life to make you more like Jesus himself. So trust him. Put your trust in him and not in yourself. Put your trust in him and not in man. Put your trust in him. And not in the ways and the philosophies and the values and the morals of this world. Because all that this world is against God. Matter of fact, there was a move, I don't know if it's still on the floor or not of Congress, but there was a move at one time to try and get in God we trust taken off of our money. Did you know that? There was a move at one time at least. I don't know if it's still going on or not, but I do know that there was at one time the move to try to get in God we trust taken off of our money. And there's times that I wonder if our church, not church, our nation, our nation, is it really a God-fearing nation or not? There's times I wonder. Or is it just in lip service? Is it just in words that we say that? Or are we truly a God-fearing nation? Because I would pray that if we are, a lot of the things that are going on in our world today wouldn't be taking place. And also, there wouldn't be certain laws on the books today. There would be overturns and there would be things going right the way according to what God's word says and not according to man's desire or his, his opinion or whatever. So I'm just encouraging us today to follow after God. Matter of fact, tonight's message is entitled Desperate for Jesus. Unless the Lord changes his way, which he's been known to do from time to time. But otherwise, it's called Desperate for Jesus. You're going to want to be back again tonight at 6 o'clock. We're located at 201 West Royce Boulevard. It's spelled R-E-U-S-S. And we, uh, we have service at 1030 on Sunday mornings and service at 6 o'clock on Sunday nights. We have intercessory prayer meeting at 930, I mean 945 to 1015 on Sunday mornings. And also, we have it on Tuesday nights at 714 in honor of 2 Chronicles 714. So come and be a part of that. I know you'll get a blessing out of it. Anyways, though, that being said, I'm going to give my altar call again. And I'm going to make it for anybody that's here in person this morning, as well as those of you that are watching by Facebook Live. And if those of you who are watching by Facebook Live, if you, make, if you pray this prayer with me, 
and get it and accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then I encourage you to find a church and get involved. One that's preaching the truth of God's word. Whether it be this church or some other church here in this community. Let's let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I ask you to cleanse me of all my unrighteousness. I confess with my mouth and believe with my heart that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. I pray in the name of Jesus that you forgive me of all my sins and, and walk from this day on walk inside of me and live inside of me your way and your life and your work. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you just said that prayer, whether here in person or whether by Facebook Live, you just got saved. That's what the Bible says. It says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So I just pray that you will find a church to go to. And whether it's this one or someone else's, we'd love to have you here, though. Please come and be a part of what God's doing in our midst. We'd love to have you. God bless you. We love you. You're just